Welcome everyone to the Queensbury Chronicles. Join us as we delve into the latest trends, share our experiences and provide actionable advice to help you thrive in the business world. On the show, we'll be interviewing successful business owners, sharing valuable knowledge from our team of experts and giving you exclusive access to all things Queensbury. So, tune in and embark on a journey of discovery with Queensbury as your trusted companion. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Queensbury Chronicles podcast. As always, I'm your host Dan Naylor and oh, I'm excited for this one. <laughs> Hello Wendy. Hello Dan. Wendy is speaking to us today and Wendy is one of our senior project managers. Uh, she's been in the industry for 17 years. 17 years. I know, I don't think I did that. <laughs> um, we're going to speak to Wendy today about how you started in the industry, what your top tips are um, and just giving a real insight into what being a project manager looks like. So. The first thing I suppose to ask is, how did you get into this? It was by accident, really. Um, So I started in a facilities background, Mm -hmm. so working in a call centre that was taking active maintenance call-outs for a big supermarket, Mm -hmm. and it just evolved from there. I then went on to be a facilities manager and um, learnt a lot of skills about piece of equipment and how they break down, how you fix them. Um, and then I became a construction project manager mm-hmm. from from that experience. It is funny. Everyone we spoke to on this podcast has been like, how did we get into this industry? It's like, well, it was a bit of an accident. I didn't really mean to get into that. Um, so I suppose then let's let's take it back e- even more then. Like when you left school, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do? or? Yes, but it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> so for many years, I wanted to be a florist. Oh, wow, interesting. And then I wanted to be a hairdresser. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I actually just fell into a job. Um, When I left school at 16, I actually worked for the employment service. Okay. uh, Which has nothing to do with what I do now. Um, But it started me off working in an office and gaining skills, talking to um, customers, Mm -hmm. um, building up uh, that skill base. Um, And then I just progressed through, I only actually had three jobs in mm-hmm. about 15 years, oh, wow. so I moved up in the businesses that I was in, mm-hmm. learning into different roles. Mm-hmm. So what does what does project management look like then for the for our listeners? What, what, what would you, or how would you describe and explain what your job role really is? So project management um, that I do, there are different styles of project management and different ways of looking at it. So I work on the client side of project management. Mm-hmm. And it's basically to facilitate um, a project throughout the duration. Mm -hmm. Um, You'd be involved from the the kickoff meeting, so the the scope, the utopia moment at the end, um, and you you work your way through the different milestones, um, and you're just there to basically guide Mm -hmm. the whole process and be the communication piece to the client. Mm -hmm. And you guys worked on some some pretty big projects, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, And and smaller ones as well. Actually, smaller ones can be more challenging than the larger ones. I was just about to say, which one do you enjoy? Do you enjoy the bigger ones or do you enjoy the little ones? I like the little little ones. Really? It can be really challenging. And so... If it's a small space, people think, oh, that won't take very long. But mm-hmm. actually, you've got to get five different trades yeah. in that space and you can't get them in there at the same time. Yeah, that's interesting. So what does a typical day look like for you then? Because I suspect you're 
probably very busy most, most of the time. I am. Um, so it, it, it varies. Every day is totally different. Mm -hmm. So I could either be travelling to a site, um, to be on site all day, looking at various construction stages of the site, or I can be sat in front of my laptop for eight hours of a day, literally just responding to emails, answering mm -hmm. phone calls. Um, I can then be at a trade show, conference, exhibition, um, with networking, mm -hmm. meeting people. Do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy like the, I say the flexibility, there's not really flexibility, is it? It's like the sort of doing loads of different things on loads of different days. Do you enjoy that? Yeah. I don't like being in the same place yeah. every day. Yeah. I suppose that's good because it's not the same routine as well. So I expect it's quite difficult to get bored in, in, in your sort of oh, role. I don't get time for that, day. <laughs> so just talk to you then from... Let's, let's say that I've come to you and I've got a project that I want to do. What would be sort of like the timeline from the start to the finish of the project? Just just briefly. So it, it would vary. Um, if it was a largest project, um, say a venue, you'd be looking up 16 to 20 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that will be from a design mm -hmm. stage through to um, completion and opening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But could be longer, could be shorter. Just depends on the complexities of the of the project. And do you have a do you have a favourite stage of the sort of timeline? Uh, completion. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, the design stage for me, I get really interested in that because mm -hmm. having worked in facilities, I am able to look at design and try and then uh, explain to the client if they use a copper finish on a wall that's going to be really expensive to maintain throughout the, the lifespan of the, uh, of the building. Mm -hmm. So I use my facilities background to get involved with the design, also can put in some quirky ideas mm -hmm. um, and then with the on, and then being on site because uh, I, I love working with different trades mm -hmm. um, and seeing the outcome as well. You've got an empty shell straight through to sparkly brand new <laughs> venue that I've actually been part of and have you I was just going back to I was talking about design have you ever had like a, a project where the design's been you know it's been like, this is how we're going to do it etc et and then almost almost when it's done everyone goes right let's do it a different way yep does that happen often <laughs> um no probably please the smaller details sometimes it right. happens more regularly um but no it, yeah I've had that is it a pain? Yes. Yeah, Literally imagine. a complete 360 on what they what they wanted. Um, and you then got lead times of materials and you're then delaying the opening of a of a, a unit, a retail or, or a venue. Mm -hmm. Um so you have to take that into account as well because then you're eating into um, their profit. Mm -hmm making her time so yeah it's a challenge how do you deal with that though then like you know if you've been working with a client for 15 weeks and then all of a sudden it's just right let's do it completely differently and you're now given a completely new time frame to complete everything that must be so difficult sometimes they don't want to give you a new time frame <laughs> oh so just go right we can completely change it but you've now got six weeks left Off yes yes ah, that's right. that is sometimes what happens but then that's what my job is to try and explain um, the, the reasoning why it might take longer or mm -hmm. if it can be done within the remaining time of the project. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, normally it would be we want to change it, but it has to be done within the same time frame. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of communication and 
rationalising yeah. with the client. Well, that leads on quite nicely because I was going to ask about that in terms of what qualities make a top senior like project manager. What what are the essential qualities that you would say if you were hiring you want this is what you want to see in people. Yeah, you you want to see somebody who's personable, mm. um, you, who can communicate on all levels, whether that be email or when you're on site talking face to face with people. Um, organized is a key key thing to. That's it, especially if you're not organized, it's it's going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, planning as well, make sure that you plan the whole project through, and obviously that can change. Things happen. Um, but communication, organisation, planning, um, and honesty. Mm-hmm. Just being honest with the client. If if something um, happens, it's going to extend the time scale. Mm-hmm. You have to be honest straight away and let them know. I think so as well. Because I think you're both trying to achieve the same goal, and I think, especially with your experience, you you will know better in terms of what might work and what might not work. And yes. You might have to have that difficult conversation where you go, right, I really don't think this is going to work. I know you really like it, but I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, and I've had many a conversation like that. And it's not always a, the outcome that they want to have. Um, but you have to reach a mutual agreement somewhere mm-hmm. to, to try and a- adapt to what they, you know, what they might want. Um, but yeah, it uh, makes it exciting. Though. Yeah. <laughs> and when you talk about being organised... Um, is there any specific software or anything that helps you to be organised? Or is um, there a classic pen and paper, everything in your notebook? I'm a pen and paper right. kind of project manager. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's ba- it's basics. Yeah. It's You don't need to overcomplicate it with um, a, a managing system. It just needs to be experience mm-hmm. and writing it down, communication, and pretty much that's, that's how I cope. Mm-hmm. So... If we have a look at like your career and your time in project management, is there any specific projects that stand out to you that went, do you know what, for whatever reason, I was really, really proud of, of that project? Yeah, I've, I've done a couple um, in a previous life. Mm-hmm. Um, they were quite high-end, quite um, nice areas of London, mm-hmm. um, and they were a, a, a big value budget, um, so sort of up to a million pounds, oh, wow. um, and again, lots of changes along the way because of the area they were in in London, but when I handed them over, I was it was kind of a moment going, wow, I did that. <laughs> that must be really rewarding. It is. It can be so painful and so um, hard throughout, but when you look at the, the last result and you hand those keys over, it is really rewarding and mm. you are proud. How do you celebrate that success? Because I remember speaking to Richard and we talked about celebrating success and he said that for him personally, he's probably not done it as much as like he would like to. So how would you go on just to complete a massive group of projects? How are you celebrating? Do you know what? I probably never have. I've probably sat down and just gone, oh, thank God for Jesus, that. Is it that sort of like mentally exhausting? Yes. Like, so glad it's done now. Yes, but maybe a week or so later, you know, Prosecco, mm-hmm. <laughs> have a glass. I have actually taken family along to mm-hmm. see it as well, to sort of share with them what I've done yeah. and celebrated it that way rather than, you know. I think it's important. I think it's important to celebrate success, especially like in modern society where like it might be seen as arrogant. I disagree. I think it's important when, when you have a big success in your life that you should celebrate it. Um, what's the most difficult part 
be a project manager? Um, probably the, the piece where I say you've got to tell a client that it is going to be mm-hmm. a longer time scale, it's going to be more money, um, and they're, or they're not going to open on the date that they wanted to, or it's not mm-hmm. going to be handed over on the date. It's a really difficult um, area of the project management process to, to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I say, you just have to do it, you have to just be honest. Um, it can be a little bit Oh, how do I say it? You yeah. But pick the phone up. But that's when it comes back to you. You said about people. You have to be a personal. You have to yes. have really good people skills because you know there might be loads of money for into it, and then you have to go to them and right. Well, I know you want to open in in two weeks, but actually, you might be looking at more like seven or eight weeks. Yeah. So I think that's. I think when you said you know about being personal, personal, I think that's really really important. Um. So if we were, if you were talking to your younger self. Mm-hmm. Let's go back now. I just sat next to to younger Wendy. <laughs> what piece of advice would you give to her for for being successful in the field? Um, I'd be good at giving the advice now, actually, because I think I've been through. It's in in total, and I've worked for quite a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say just what, just echo what I've said. Be honest. Be true to yourself. Um, take things that have happened and let it make you stronger mm-hmm. because it hasn't been an easy ride all the way through you've had your ups and downs mm-hmm. you'll have really challenging projects that can knock you for six mm-hmm. but you learn from them you won't do it the same the next time and you really you, you grow from that mm-hmm. so I would just say be honest with yourself be true to yourself and soak everything up as you go along mm-hmm. I suppose that thing as well is I want to talk about um, for in order for the project to work, you're working with loads and loads of different people, loads of different personalities. What are the key things that make like a good team for your project management? Um, probably that actually, all the personalities. Really? Yeah. And the different personalities. The different personalities, because not everybody's the same. No, of course not. Um, you get your tricky ones that maybe aren't quite so nice, mm-hmm. but then again, that just sort of it makes your day different and you can work around that um but learning people as you go along through the project and that will be from the start so you have all your different trades and you'll you'll speak to them quite soon on in the project so and you get to learn a, a little bit about them about each one so when you're on site together or you're making a phone call you have you either have a bit of banter or you know a bit about their family or mm-hmm. what they might have done um, they've been on holiday, so you can then start that connection, and it just makes a nicer working environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's talk about Queensbury now. Mm-hmm. How did you start at Queensbury? So I um, well, actually, <laughs> it's been quite a few years there. Well, it's coming up for three years. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so I joined with um, Sarah. So I knew Sarah. Mm-hmm. And there was a vacancy going, and that's and it all started from there. Yeah. My Queensbury journey. What well, What was it about Queensbury that made you go? Do you know, I want to. I want to work. It's here. the people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very welcoming, accommodating, um, and it was just a really nice feel. Um, feel about the company. Mm-hmm. Goes back to you know working well as a team. It's important, isn't it? Yeah, and and, and we do now. We we definitely there's. We all do different areas of, of the business, but 
we all work together as mm-hmm. a team. So the other thing I want to ask is obviously like there's it can be really challenging having you know so many projects going. How many projects do you have roughly on at the moment? Probably about thirty five. Wow, thirty five that you're you're involved in. Yeah. Your phone must be buzzing all <laughs> day. Ask Julia when you see her. <laughs> <laughs> how on earth do you manage that? Because I cannot start to comprehend how do you know, sometimes I don't know mm-hmm. how I manage it. I can literally flip between each project. I'll be doing one, then I'll get another phone call, it's another one, then I get an email about another project. I'll get a question about a project I finished a year ago and I remember what I've done then. I actually don't know how I'm doing it. Do you not get confused though? Do you not like pick up the phone and halfway through you're going, oh, you're talking about that project? No. No. That's incredible. I know. Especially to have that many on, on the go. Do they ever overlap? Do you ever like have situations where you're dealing with one urgently and another one goes, well, I need this done urgently as well? Oh, yeah. All the Every time. <laughs> Again, it's just something that you pick up along the way. I've been doing it for so long. Um, you just learn to multitask. It's just one of those skills that you just have to experience it to be able to do. Yeah, you can't. You can't train. Yeah, you can't train that. It's. I think it's kind of. It's a bit like marmite. <laughs> you either like it or you don't. You either have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. So it's just something that you will do. You don't have a choice. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, I wanted to go back when you talked about being really flexible with your job and like traveling to loads of different places. Has Project Man ever taken you abroad or international? Um, yes, in a previous um, job I did, I was very lucky. Um, I was able to travel to a few countries in Europe. Um, so I went to, I worked actually in Amsterdam. Oh, nice. And um, then I traveled to Paris, Germany and um, Italy. Was this the same project or different ones? Different projects, mm-hmm. um, same job. Um, okay. but. I was able to, to go uh, working in Amsterdam was quite fun because mm-hmm. it's different different legislations and different um, different rules for, for, for construction. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really cool. So I only did that for a couple of years actually. Mm-hmm. So if if you could go back to any of those places that you've been to, where would you go? Milan. Milan. <laughs> yeah. Do a project in Milan. I didn't do a project, but I went to see ah, a project that okay. had been done in Milan. Okay. Um, but I did, I, w- I would go back to Amsterdam. I, lo- I love Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. It's a really vibrant place to visit and to work. The people are wonderful there. Mm-hmm. And are usually, when, when you went on these trips, are you away for a long amount of time or a short amount of time? Or could it be like a couple of days, you come back a couple of days? Yeah, yeah. sometimes I do it in a day. Oh, really? Yeah, I would fly out early in the morning and come back. Really early. It must be like the first flight leaving yeah, Heathrow. It would, yeah, it would be the 5 or 6 a.m. flight. Oh, okay. And then get back 10, 11. Wow. But, because um, you don't need a meeting the next day, mm-hmm. so you'd literally just do what was needed. But there was times when I'd be there for two or three days as well. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about travelling then. Is there anywhere in the world that you want to go right now? I would love to go to Australia. Australia? Yeah. Well, not for me. Not really? No, not oh, for no. me. Um, although it's interesting because I was speaking to someone who went to Australia recently and apparently you don't see many spiders out there, which oh, I can't really? no, I can't comprehend that. I don't believe that one little bit. Neither do I. <laughs> why why Australia then out of all places? I've actually got a few friends 
over there that I've known since I since first school. Okay. Um, they actually emigrated uh, and live over there, so I'd love to go and see them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just have a I, just, I don't know. I just want to go. I've been to Bali and I was that close to going to Australia, so but we just there. didn't get there. So yeah, Australia definitely. And is there any work trips coming up or anywhere that you're going to go? Not that I know of. Uh-huh. We'll speak to the boss about that <laughs> we'll one. Speak to the boss about that one. Mm-hmm. We'll try and get to that Dubai or something like that. Mm-hmm. Australia. Australia as well. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start to ask a couple of not personal questions, but I'd like to finish the podcast with a little bit learning more, a bit more in depth about our guest that's on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, now on here. I've got that um, cats hold a very significant part in your life. Yes. Now, I've met your cat. You have. I love your cat so much. <laughs> I think my cat loves you, Dan, actually. Well, it, it was a bit hit and miss when I went to go see him last time, if I'm being honest. Um, why are cats so important to you, though? I don't know. I just, he's the, he's the third cat I've had in my life, but we had him from a kitten. Mm-hmm. So, Casper, Casper Wuru's. Casper is, for the listeners as well, Casper is beautiful. He's a, he's a wonderful cat, by the way. I he's a ragdoll and mm-hmm. he's a diva. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just, I love him. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's just my little fur baby. Not going to get him a, a, a sibling? No. Not yet? No, no. No? <laughs> no. Is one enough? <laughs> one is definitely enough. <laughs> no, I can imagine. Um, okay. Imagine you had a magic teleportation device. Mm-hmm. Where would you go anywhere in the world? Bar Australia. Bar Australia. Japan. Really? Yeah. Why? I I would just love to go to Japan, Tokyo. Mm-hmm. I'd love to just go and see. You see it on the telly. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. No, I have, to, I have to agree with that. I think. Yeah, no, I, I, de- I definitely agree with that. And the food. Too. Well, that's true, but I don't mind a bit of Japanese food as well myself. I, love I would just love to, I'd love to go there because it seems so like modern and interesting to me. No, I agree. That's, 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 a, good, that's a good place. Um, if you were a famous chef, then, let's stay on the topic of food. If you were a mm-hmm. famous chef, uh, what would your signature dish be? So set the scene, you've got a master chef. Yeah. Uh, was it master chef? Yeah, master chef. Yeah. Um, Gordon Ramsay, you know, what, what are you cooking up for me if, in order for me to give you the apron? I make a mean cheese on toast. Cheese on toast. Cheese on toast. What do you know? I was fully expecting you to say something like prawns or something like that. I'm not entirely sure how Mr. Ramsey would feel if cheese and toast came. What what makes your cheese on toast something that is gonna get you the apron? It just looks amazing and Mm -hmm. it tastes amazing too. Any secret recipe? My secrets away. Special cheese. Just cheese. Just cheese. Cheese is special. Any cheese. Any cheese. There you go. Mr. Ramsey, if you're listening, uh, when you next come into Queensbury, we'll make some cheese for you, you know, okay? Um, last couple of questions then. If you were a contestant on any reality TV show, oh. what would it be? And why? Do I say why? Go on then. I've always wanted to go on Deal or No Deal. I oh, think, really? I think the, I think just the adrenaline, imagine you've got like the 250 grand left and you've got the, the one pence left and you get an offer from the banker that's like 150k, do you go for it? Or do you know, you'd have to take the offer by the way. Could you imagine if, if you saw the, the 250k come up and, and the one that goes away? I wouldn't want to do that. No, I wouldn't want to do that. Okay, I need, okay, there's one then. Go on. Um, we spoke about my cats, we spoke about my husband. He loves the chase. Oh, good. That's a good one. I'm going to have to say the chase. And I'll do a bit of a soft spot for Greg Walsh. There you go. All right, so let me put you on the, put on the spot then. 
If you've got the higher offer, the middle offer, the lower offer, which one are you taking? Middle. Really? Yeah. Come on, you've got to go big or go home. You've got to take the big one, surely. I'm too scared. <laughs> I, 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 I'd have to go for that one, I think. No, that, that, that's, a, that's a good choice as well. Okay, Wendy, thank you so much for coming on. I, I was really um, intrigued and interested by that one. It's probably one of my favourite ones that we've, we've done so far. So thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Um, as always, if you like the podcast, please make sure to share and follow on all of our social media channels. And until next time, I've been Dan Naylor, and this has been the Queensby Chronicles.